Hello, friends, and welcome to the Great Day Podcast. I'm your host and friend, Mayor Kay. Today's guest is Jamie Geller. She's a food writer, celebrity chef, television producer, and entrepreneur. She is an author of several cookbooks and the founder of the Kosher Media Network, known as the queen of kosher Oh, hail the queen. Jamie was much fun to hang out with, and surprisingly enough, we didn't even speak much about cooking or food, but we delved deep into what it takes to build a brand, the sacrifice and challenges to reach one's goals, and we got vulnerable. Oh, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dear friends, The Great Day Podcast with Jamie Geller. Jamie Geller, how are you in my Bubby's house? This is like an honor. Hey, it's an honor to be here. I just <laughs> sat in Miss Bubby. Yeah, well, Bubby, she sends her regards. Okay, and good. I bless her for allowing me to um, to use this space. I think the kitchen that we're sitting in, it must be one of the most popular kitchens in the internet because More I More popular than mine? Oh, oh okay. Oh, we're, going for, we're going for views right yeah, now? Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, snap. No, tell me all about it, here. Well, yeah, I was just going to share that. You know, a yeah. lot of the short films that I've created online with like, a lot of motivational, inspirational content are taking place here in this That's kitchen. So, so they're viewed. But it's good to know you film your videos in your I own home. I also film in a kitchen. In a, ki- oh, in yeah. a kitchen, but in your, in your kitchen? Sometimes, yeah. And in my sister in law's kitchen and in my sister in law's sister in law's kitchen. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I've been all over. Just, you're, just like, you, you're the expert in kitchens. What makes a yeah. good a kitchen a good kitchen? Uh, that it allows for conversation. So this thing called here the island, right? Yes. Which is like the centerpiece of the kitchen to have bar stools and to be able to have people leaning on one side and leaning on the other side and just chilling. Like that's the kitchen is the heart of the home. And yeah. so that is what I think makes a good yeah. kitchen. So that's interesting. You are really great with, we all know with food and with the ingredients and with recipes, but it seems like you have an eye for interior design as well. Ooh. Is that something you get from your mother? I heard she's an incredible interior designer. <laughs> that's so Ooh. You are surprising me. First of all, you know, get to interview and sometimes people really don't do research, but this is like deep research. We're going over deep. Here. Uh, yes, my mother is an amazing interior designer and I have literally been pulling out like p- pages of architectural digest since I'm three. Wow. When I got married, I carried my little folder with me to like my new apartment and now everything's on Pinterest, obviously. Of but yeah, I'm obsessed with cool. interior design. That's amazing. Do you also like follow any of the shows? Do you have time to even watch? But if you do, do you, is that something that interests you? Zero time to watch. I don't watch at all except when I'm traveling. So that's mm. when I'm like up for three, four days straight because of jet lag or working or whatever. Yeah. And then I just watch like HGTV and Food Network like all through the night. Oh, come on. I mean, so your life is all around food and all. Do you like is there anything that you just, when you want to shut down, what do you, how do you occupy yourself in that way? So it's so interesting that you say this because I woke up the other day and I said, I have never, ever, ever taken a day off work. I had babies, thank God, six. Um, wow. I had brisses, thank God. Um, I've traveled, I've never, ever taken off. It doesn't mean to say I didn't take a vacation with my husband or my kids, mm-hmm. but I'll work in the morning, I'll work in the day, I'll check in at night, I'll work overnight so that we can do something fun. Wow. So that's my new thing. That I'm going to find a day to take off. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm going to do nothing. Just, just, just. <laughs> people don't believe that I could do nothing. I really want to try. I want to prove someone wrong. Yeah, I mean, you. I mean, I'm sitting here with you, and like we just met for the first time. Yeah. We've, I've, I've admired your work from afar, and we've talked a bit over Likewise, social media. Totally. Thank you. But yes. being in your presence, you definitely exude an incredible, positive, Thank enthusiastic you. energy, and yeah. it's it's really great to see that in, in person. That means a lot coming from you because you quite have a lot of energy that needs to be matched. So Thank I love you. that. Thank you. Thank you. So I mean, this is. I mean, is this something that you've acquired? I mean, I've seen your some of your films that. 
that you've done on, on live TV right. with live audiences. Is that something that you've had a personality since you were a young child or that you've developed? Do you have like a coach that you, you know, helps you out before such gigs? For us, so great. So no, I love the stage. I was like born loving the stage and performing always. Mm. Um, so I think that that's where I come alive. And the more people in the room, I don't know if you feel this way because you do a lot of production. Yeah. When I'm speaking to an audience, when there's live there's nothing like that. It's electrifying. Yeah. And then you just can't hold back. So oh. I don't have a coach or anything. And the first time I went and did a television show um, for uh, one of my cookbooks, uh, I did a recipe and I was trying to express how easy it was. So I said, it's so simple. You just dump and serve. So, dump and serve. Yeah. Okay. So then my publicist after, she's like, you were amazing. You're a natural. You're going to be so, you're so great at this. It was my first appearance, like in promoting my cookbook. Wow. She said, can I just tell you? Don't ever use the word dump again when you're describing food. <laughs> I was like, okay. So, yeah, yep, okay. All right. Yeah, so, so I, I have definitely gotten critiques along the way, but no official kind of coach. That's so nice to hear. That's amazing. Okay. So take me back. I mean, so just before we jump into like, you know, take me back yeah. to Jamie Geller before pre all this during a coach and whatnot. You, what's that Jamie Geller team look like? Is, are you doing everything yourself? Do you, at this point, do you have a team around you that helps you? With all the stuff that's right. taking place. Um, first of all, it takes a village. Mm. Like, and I'm sure you know this yes. for everything. So while I do have a very lean, what I like to call core team, we work with 101 experts, vendors, consultants, production companies, depending where we are in the world and what we're doing. Because different types of projects and content mm. and creative yeah. requires different types of partners. So we have a slew of amazing, talented people that get things done. But as a core team, we're pretty lean. We're like three of us. Wow. What do those titles look like? So um, I have a director of digital media slash editorial director, mm -hmm. and she basically does everything. Okay, <laughs> yeah. amazing. And then we have- Delegation a, is yeah, key. Yes, totally. Yeah, everything, Tamar. And I love you, Tamar. Oh, shout out to Tamar. Yeah, she's Everybody probably not going to watch it. She doesn't have time to watch all my stuff, you know? So, <laughs> um, and we've been together for 10 years. Wow. So we often travel together and we're like in Ubers together. And so what happens is people always think we're a couple because- It's cute. Yeah, a few years ago, so seven years ago, I made Aliyah, and then five years ago, she made Aliyah with her husband and family. Wow. So we'll be in an Uber, like in some random city, like Jacksonville, Florida. And, you know, the driver will be like, where are you guys from? And we're like, Israel. So then it just like, oh, you know, it's cute. Like, like, oh, it's your, yeah, it's your first time you guys coming yeah, out to yeah, Jacksonville? Literally. Yeah. yeah. They haven't seen people like us before. Um, so no, so, uh, that's Tamar. And then we have an email marketing manager, which is Shmuel. He's amazing. So great. And, uh, and then we have part-time social media person too. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah. But when it comes to like creations of of, of recipes and, and whatnot, that's it all comes back to you. Your oh no, we have a, a kitchen, a test kitchen team. We have okay. a video production team. Mm, right, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got, the circle yeah. gets more, yeah, right. yeah. You can just keep going. <laughs> that, oh, for sure. And I mean, of course, I would. I mean, it would be amiss to not mention perhaps the husband, your 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 partner Happy. in life. Who um, I mean, you just mentioned you have six kids and yeah. you're traveling and you're yeah. moving and shaking. What does that what does that relationship look like, and how does one with a career like yours able to balance the the family and career? Uh, yeah, life? I mean, well, he's like my everything. He's my best friend. I just have to say, your voice has changed. He's <laughs> yeah. like, ah, it's Tamar Shmuel. Yeah, like, ah, oh, my bubble. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, he's a six foot three bubble. Oh, um, but wow. yeah, he doesn't watch this stuff either. By the way. Okay. And also, my dad doesn't watch this. My mom will watch this. Yeah, she'll love that you mentioned <laughs> her. Yeah, okay, shout out to mom. Yes, there totally. we go. Is that healthy for relationship that your husband doesn't watch you as you are as as a persona or? You know, is there a separation? I don't think it was like purposeful or anything. Um, mm -hmm. He's just not into this kind of stuff. Okay. So, yes, kids to race. Yeah, yeah. Thank God. So, and we do everything together and life is really busy. And he, and um, he's just like my rock and my support. And he like talks me off the ledge 
yeah. all the time. And I think everyone in the limelight needs a number one fan and cheerleader. Mm. And between my mom and him, it's like, you know, no one can get a, like, a <laughs> room in there. Dad just sits there and his head just goes like back and forth, like looking at one. Is he more of a quiet or subdued guy? He is so quiet, so uh-huh. subdued. I'm like on the Today Show. He's like, great. You know? <laughs> and so I'm like, Dad. Did you today? He, yeah. And I'm like, do you know the name of my website? He's like, no. I'm like, it's jamiegeller.com. He's oh. like, oh, that's a good name. You know? Okay. So yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, chill. He, I mean, they're immigrants. He's like, you know. From where? Um, my parents are from Transylvania. Transylvania? Yeah. Wow. And they immigrated to Pennsylvania. Okay. I know. I like that. I That's totally. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's similar to home, but not home right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Pennsylvania? Well, guess where we're going. <laughs> totally. I spent some time in Transylvania. Actually, I did a, um, a, I ran a Pesach program, a Passover Seder in uh, Cluj-Napoca, which is just right there in Romania. Unbelievable. So it was very interesting. Yeah. How was that? It was incredible. It was a lot of fun. Wow. Um, it was really, really cool. From a young age, just, it really threw me, just growing up with, in Chabad, it threw you into like, yeah. leadership roles. And yeah. I think I give a lot of credit to that upbringing. But um, going back to quickly, when you were dating your husband, yeah. were you? did you have this dream? Did you have this um, idea of building a brand like you were? Or this all came to a surprise and... If yes, how did he pivot into that? Yeah, so no, this was always the dream, but it was never in food. Mm. So I was a TV producer. I didn't grow up religious at all. And the goal was always to make my way into the front of the camera. And so I had lots of opportunities that finally, after working so hard at HBO, at CNN, at Food Network, all the opportunities to get in front of the camera finally came right when I got married. And it was so interesting because it's something I'd been working toward for 10 years. 10 years almost. Right. And um, then suddenly I got married and I had to become more religious and I didn't want to have a TV in my home and I didn't want to raise my kids like that. And we moved out to Far Rockaway and it just would not have been accepted at that time. And now I think it's a different time and I definitely think there are many opportunities, but at that time it would have been like... Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. So when, I mean, like you mentioned, you went to school for broadcasting yeah. and journalism, which yeah. is, which is amazing. So your, your eye was on the goal. Always. So how did it come to, you learned all these skills. Yeah. How did, how do you apply it to food and why food yeah it was basically a happy mistake like i learned on the job my husband's like what's for dinner Uh oh okay i'm like i don't know you tell me so oh so he came from more of a a traditional mom and wife was was in the kitchen and yeah and like i don't know my mom actually has never turned on her oven she literally said to me when i became religious like you can come eat here i've never turned on the ovens it's totally cool we're kosher you know and i use my oven for sweaters for storage in manhattan i was not (laughs) trained to be a balabusta you were career driven so very much so it was like ceo doctor lawyer like not barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen like Uh that's not like a immigrant's dreams for her daughters in america where women can be anything you know so I was definitely not trained not domestic at all I never did laundry I never like sewed a button oh my god I still know how to sew still (laughs) um but yeah so totally is that really fun um I save all my clothes in a pile and when my mother-in-law comes I'm like here you know yeah she's amazing (laughs) that's that's a great segue because I'm I'm wondering how did that relationship take place earlier on with your mother-in-law because you know, with your husband coming from a background where right. traditional roles right. are like he works and right. you stay in the kitchen and have the babies. Was she surprised and was there some friction there because you were like, hey, I want to build a career. I do not want to fall into this category. Right. How did that How did that relationship it take place? It wasn't so traditional. In his house, his mother cooked uh-huh. and his father cooked. Okay. Yeah. And all of his um, fa- um, uncles and his father all grew up in catering. They worked in catering many years. So when my husband was like, what's for dinner? He's like, when I said, you tell me, he said, okay, let's go. Uh-huh. So we went shopping together and he literally taught me how to cook. Oh, wow. And his mother is a very professional and um, she is the 
executive director of United Cerebral Palsy of Nassau County. She's like 250 people that report to her. Okay. So, Amazing. yeah, my husband had dated for a while. And then when finally, you know, we got engaged, someone said, who knew, had known both of us, but had not set us up. She said, if I would have known you were looking to marry your mother, I would have set you up with Jamie a long time ago. Oh. So he's in strong career oriented women. Great. When he said, what's for dinner? He's literally like, let's, you know, what are we going to do? You know, yeah. you do it, I'll do it, we'll do it together. Amazing. So, so yeah. he's a cook himself. And he, yeah, yeah. He to this day, we love to be in the kitchen together. Oh. It is so much fun. I always say like, you know, now the student has become the teacher. So he's my sous chef now. So like if I'm going to make like anything, like a cook for 20, everything will come in. All of my vegetables will be cut and chopped and prepped. He employs all the kids. It's like an army. You literally see like 30 pounds of potatoes going. It's like slave labor. It's amazing. (laughs) Okay. Or do you have any kids of your own that, that are interested um, in following this line of work in your career? They all love mm. food and they all love cooking and they all love eating. Ah, so that's really good. It's that's a pleasure. Yes, yeah. Yes. And um, one of them is a little bit like dramatic. Uh-huh. And at one time, it's like, I don't know where she gets it from. And then everyone's like, Oh, but I wonder. Yeah, and now I, it's so obvious. I just see her like anything with a reflection, she just starts performing. It's like the china cabinet, the side of a car door. And like that's me. I'm always like, you know, so yeah. <laughs> she, she, I, I see one. Start figuring out where, where it's coming <laughs> from right now. Yeah. So this is a so take me back to the time where, you know, young, early twenties, you're you're going to school, broadcasting. Mm-hmm. You weren't religious then, right? You no. didn't grow up in, in, in an Orthodox no. home at all. No. What what sparked you within that you said, hey, you know, I want to transition into this lifestyle? So um, I had been brought up to be very career oriented and very driven. And I was interviewing the biggest celebrities in the world at the time, working for CNN for entertainment news for them. Name drop. So, okay. Um, Beyonce. Oh, oh okay. Um, queen B? Yeah. Ooh, one queen to another. Now you're known as the, coach, the queen oh, of kosher, right? I thought of yeah, okay. so hey, totally. you know, a little shout out. I yeah. see you. I see you. <laughs> totally. Okay. Um, the J Hive. Okay. The Hive. No. Nope. Okay. No, yeah. Over my head. Okay. Yeah. She. Her followers are called the Bay Hive. I love for that. Beyonce. I love yeah. That. So they, everyone, all the people call their followers something. I don't know. What do they call? I don't. You obviously don't have a name for your followers well, either. Do you? You don't have one either. I just named them the J Hive. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I like that J Hive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gonna I don't know if it's gonna stick. The culminators. The culminators. Cobbleton. I don't know. Kate. We're gonna work. Yeah. Well, yeah. We gotta work on it. We gotta work So, um, yeah. So Beyonce. Um, Michael Douglas, wow. Eminem, Snoop mm. Dogg. I did a lot of music at the time. Ben Affleck, Matt okay. Damon. Wow. So, okay, yeah. Okay, A-listers. Yeah. And um, my mother was so excited that I was like, you know, going to the Oscars and the MD- Emmys and the MTV Music Awards and the VH1 Fashion Awards and interviewing all these celebrities. But she was like, God forbid, like I want my daughter to be so successful but I want her to have a nice Jewish husband to show for it. And she didn't think I was going to find them at the after party of the Oscars. Oh, yeah. Okay. She was a little bit nervous after all that, yeah. that she built up this like Manhattan executive and like, where am I meeting this nice Jewish fella? Sure. So she sent Isn't me. is the music industry full of Jewish, young Jewish men? Uh, I, I, I mean, mean, I guess so behind and, yeah, the scenes. Agents, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I okay. guess so. But Who knows? Uh, you it's know. still not the typical yes, place. Yeah. Totally. So, um, so she sent me to Torah classes like in the city for like young Jewish single professionals uh-huh. and that's where it all began wow yeah wonderful. and that's and that's where you eventually met came out no so first i was yeah. like you know interested in the single scene fine mom i'll go and then i got interested in the torah and then mm. i was like oh i'm so interested in torah i don't want to be in a single scene i want to only be learning with women then i wow. like quit my job and i went to seminary and then i got a call when i was at neve like can you be on the set of sopranos tomorrow and i was like oh sure you know i could be there Incredible. because i quit my job because i worked for a live show it was called showbiz today mm-hmm. and i think now it's called showbiz tonight but it's for cnn it's their entertainment news show and it was live every day at 4 30 and i mm. decided decided I wanted to become Shomer Shabbos in December. 
when Shabbos starts at four. Wow. So okay, I had to it. quit that job. But if I was going to work for HBO, which wasn't live TV, I could have my cake and eat it too. Uh-huh. So I came back and worked on Sopranos and uh, Sex in the City and Mind of a Married Man, Madonna concert, Janet Jackson concert, all the boxing matches. And yeah. Wow. I'm like, <laughs> wow. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So that's, a, that's an alpha word. That's like, that's, that's a lot. What, what drew you to like, you know, wanting to keep Shabbos? Like, you know, what, what kept on pushing you to, to delve a bit deeper into, into the religious lifestyle? Well, well, I think I never had this level of exposure to it. So once I really was exposed to it in such a beautiful way, and once I was invited to people's homes to experience what Shabbos is like, because growing up, you think it's a bunch of, no, who's not going out Friday night, you know, and like, who's not eating what they want to eat? Like, I don't want to hear, no, I want to eat what I want to eat, go where I want to go. And definitely in the Orthodox world, women are so suppressed and they're second-class citizens. It's not for me. I love Judaism, but I'll be sort of this like... I grew up conservative, you know, like identifying, proud, but like doing what I want to do when I want to do it. Sure. And so, but the Shabbos experience was incredible. And Mm. I think when I saw the relationships, the most, that's the thing that really affected me, seeing those relationships between husband and wife and parent and child and having come from a home where my parents were divorced and married again and then divorced again. And it's like Mm -hmm. a lot, you know? And so I think I really crave that, like what Shabbos seemed to bring in terms of stability to family life. And that's what I think turned me on to it. What is your favorite mitzvah? Oh my God. You see, you didn't prep me at all. I didn't. No, no. (laughs) What's your favorite one? That's really, that's great. Obviously it's for all. Okay. I'm only I'm bringing it up. It's not fair. That's, that's, that is a hard one. There's so many mitzvahs, right? There's right. so much. There's so I'm much. Only, I don't know if I can. Wait, I want to just think for one second. If something is coming, what's the first thing that's going to pop into my head? Okay, fine. Okay. 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 We have so much in common, you and I. Yeah, it's totally. Like twins. Oh, amazing. Yeah. You're a career-driven woman, and it, it sounds like you know this is something that was instilled within you from a very young age. You wanted to go about doing this. Yeah. Now, in this day and age with social media, there's a lot more going out there with bloggers, food bloggers. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more mainstream mm-hmm. that you know women are breaking down the traditional roles and taking leadership roles right. in the space of of food and and out and any type of actual any type of profession. But ten years ago, twelve years ago, when you started out, it wasn't that popular. Yeah. When you started out, was there was a certain resistance, you know, um, coming forth, being in front of the camera, taking a leadership role, perhaps not from your family, but from the community? I definitely there was. I think we did a lot of consulting in my first book. There we put a picture of me just on the inside flap next to my bio, uh-huh. and then I got cold feet. And for the subsequent printings, it's in its seventh printing. We took out the picture. Oh, and now it's like everyone has a reality TV show of themselves, their kids, their family, you know. But then it was not very accepted at all, and they were even scared if the Jewish bookstores would carry the book with a picture of me in it. Wow! So it's very, very different. And getting in front of the camera was not done at that time Mm -hmm. um, by an Orthodox religious woman. And certainly to be the CEO of a company and a company that's a media company was also, so it was a lot of breaking down barriers, but I didn't experience resistance. It just was like when you're among that first, it's like you're learning as you go and figuring Mm -hmm. things out as you go. And it's hard not to have role models to look up to. Right. So when, when, what were some of the challenges, specific challenges when you just started off? on a professional aspect and also as one that's, you know, breaking barriers in the Orthodox right. world. Well, I think I always find myself in a room with men. It's just like, it's, you know, mm. just a lot of other executives or other just people in my industry. It was like so heavily male. So I think it was very hard and interesting to how do you navigate that as a religious, modest woman, but still you don't want to lose your personality. No. And I'm like, full no. of life. And I used to hug everyone before, you know, <laughs> yes, so like right. I would look up and be like, hi. 
<laughs> you know? So yeah. it's like how that was like really finding myself in that particular, you know, role, I think was really interesting. And then how also sometimes to act like the men to get something done, but then also not to act like them. Like I figure I have certain cojos, I have certain powers and certain style that's different than theirs. I don't have to be like them. I can bring my energy and style to the table and warm things. And I, and I yeah. think that now, obviously, it's totally different, but that's kind of some of the things I challenge. I had was confronted with in the beginning. Yeah. And so when you, when you started, you know, building the career, when, when was a time where you realized like, wow, I'm actually onto something like this is, this is taking, this is taking full. This is, this is happening. <laughs> it's so funny. The second person to ask me that in like two days, someone said, when did that happen? Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't think you realize it when it's happening. And I also think because I have this parallel life, right. I'm like married, having baby after baby after baby. And like all of this, it just, it's like, you're not, you're not even almost like you, I, I almost like you woke up, you know, sometimes you drive somewhere and you're like, how did I get here? Yeah. And you were totally awake, but like, literally it's like, how did I get here? Mm. You know, I just, you turn around one day, you have six kids and you have a business and you have, you know, these, this following. And wow. so, I mean, looking back in that, in, in that life, is there anything that you would do different? Probably tons of things. Uh-huh. People always say, no, I would do nothing different. And I'm, I'm here because of how everything happened. Yes. I made so many mistakes along the way. Yeah. So many. Like what's, what's the mistake that you made? Um, I think in people dealing with people, Uh um, I think you learn that kindness is better than being, uh, you know, again, you learn from kind of these, like this male CEO dominated space where it's like, kill them, you know, show them like, and I just feel like I was a bit too aggressive in some relationships, professional relationships and some, um, of those negotiations. And I think I've learned to chill out a little bit, but I definitely would go back. I don't want to. I wish some of the things I had done, I hadn't done. That's a, that's a val- that's such valuable advice, and I appreciate that honestly. Because yeah, like I think a lot of people like just like brush off, like oh, you know, whatever is done. But like yeah. it's I think it's an incredible character trait to be able to reflect back, and that's something that I'm doing in my life now to just like look back and say, hey, where did I have a hand in a, in a relationship? Where could I have yeah. shown up a bit better instead of just blaming or putting responsibility on somebody else, but taking responsibility and saying, hey. Perhaps I could have gone a bit differently. I can't change that, but I can learn from that and move forward. Exactly, exactly. So maybe in the sense it happened, to, but it only you only don't want to change it if you've learned from it. Yes. You know? Yes. So, and I just feel like relationships are so key to every single thing in life, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your relationship with your children, with your neighbors, or in the business setting. And I think that like handling people with care, and I think that's why I guess I picked without even thinking about it, about Haftal Reacha Kamocha. Yeah. Because... Once I got treated either unprofessionally or burned or scorned, then I was like, I have done this and I cannot be doing this anymore. Wow. Was there a moment in, in your growth, in your career um, that you doubted yourself, that you were challenged and you said, you know what, it's, I don't, I'm going to give up? Every single day. Yeah. Yeah. It still happens still it today? It still happens today. Hmm. Um, I think obviously a perfectionist and a very like entrepreneurial driven person is the, mo- the hardest on themselves. And so when I said my husband always has to pull me off of a ledge, you know, yeah. they do. And I think people also in front of the camera are very, very, very hard on themselves as well. And so, yeah, I always, I'm always, I'm a little, yeah. Is there, <laughs> is there one like thought, one loop that comes back to my, like to your mind that, that, that comes at you that says like, Oh, you're going to like, I don't know, this is not the right way to do it. Or you're gonna, you're not good enough or you're going to mess up. Is there like that it's one? The, what's you, that? You're not good enough. You don't deserve to be here. That is always, I think, what comes back. And I, and I only feel comfortable sharing it because I've heard a lot of people who have had great success feel that they're undeserving of that position. Yeah. And so when you sit here and it's like, 
I'm the CEO of a global food media company. We are the most watched Jewish food network in the world. We have almost 1 billion views. And I sit here all the time and I think I don't deserve it. That wasn't good enough. I'm not creative enough. That wasn't strong enough. I didn't, I didn't think strategically enough on that. Whatever it was, like, yeah. what, what am I going to do next? Yes, right. That, that, that idea as well. I, and I relate to that completely. So what are some things that you do to get out of that funk or to break out of that cycle. Right. So I guess you asked me, what do I do to like disconnect? So I guess I do something. Um, yeah. I listen to, I'm obsessed. I, they're not paying me, but Torah anytime. Okay. And there's one rabbi there of official Shechter. I've never met him. I'm dying to. <laughs> and I want to bring him to speak to, like, he really, um, I think really speaks to my soul and so much about um, just growth and strength. And, and I think he gives that, that strength to continue every day. And like, our job is just to get up every day and go. You just keep going forward. Even when sometimes you don't have the answers, you're regretting what you did last time. You don't know. You're nervous about what you're planning, right? Yeah. Every time you do something, will it be well received? Yes. Will it flop? And the bigger that you are, the harder and fall, like you fall. And yeah. it's such a public failure when it's a failure, mm -hmm. you know? And it's almost like when you, you have the freedom. We had freedom at a certain time in our careers. We could just do anything. It didn't matter. Something took off, something didn't. Yes. Now it's like the pressure is on. Yeah. And when you're always trying to innovate and trying to do something different and we launch like different businesses, we just launched J-Chef, which is a kosher meal kit delivery service. The only national kosher food meal kit delivery service in the world. Wow. And it's a, a multi-billion dollar industry. Blue Apron, HelloFresh, Plated. I didn't invent the industry. Correct. But we're just bringing it to the kosher consumer. You know, how's How it going to go? How take off? It was going to go. It's an investment. It's, yeah. it's a risk. Yeah. So, um, so, but I really feel like Rabbi Shechter and these, these Torah classes, they speak to my soul and they, you just keep going. Yeah. You get up and you keep going and you keep do it. showing up. And the success or failure, right? The muscle, it's from Hashem. It's from God. And when I sit here and something my husband always says to me, because I'm always like, it didn't go do well because I did this or I did that. He said, you're taking the power. Just the same way you can't take where the power, it's successful because Hashem made it successful. Yes. It also was not successful because Hashem also made that not to be successful. Yeah. Deciding that, you know, what we can do is we can put the effort and, 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 yeah. and take control of how we want to present it and mm -hmm. bring the strength, energy, and creativity. Yeah. But then once we put it out there, it's out there yeah. and that, it's all in God's hands and it's, it's not, it's not us anymore. Yeah. And we spoke about virality, right? Yes. Like, did, oh. you, did you know any of your things were going to go viral? Or did you have a feeling when you were making it? You know, it's, it's a great question. I mean, sometimes I felt like, okay, this is a great idea and this is, and it's going to go and it actually goes viral. Uh -huh. And then sometimes I'm like, this is a great idea. This is, and it doesn't go viral. Yeah. And then sometimes like, the, you know, we were just talking about some videos that we don't, we put so much effort into it and they get hit. So yeah. is there a science to it? Yes. Perhaps or some hooks that you could do on some right. specific things that I've worked in the past. But ultimately, it is out of control. And, yeah. you know, there's, there's so much that's happening, algorithms and times and this. And, and um, what I've just found is consistency, bringing the passion, showing up and doing it. Yeah. Because um, what I, I fell into the, I fell into the, um, into the pit of hanging on to the views and like the numbers, the numbers and, and, and being accepted by, by, by the viewer. And so initially, yeah, my first 10,000 hits was such a thrill. But like anything else, it, the next time I had got 10,000 hits, it wouldn't do it for me. Yeah. I, want, I wanted more, more. And I, I only was chasing that. And so finally I broke that cycle, realized that it's really not about the numbers game. And then we started from zero, which is just showing up, having a good time, enjoying the process. Right. And whether the number gets a million or less than 500, right. I'm still connecting with, I'm still a doing what I love. And yeah. it's what a blessing to do that. And B each and single person who's seen that is connecting with something like that. Was, yeah. I'm connecting with them and they're the world. So it, I think that change of focus really has brought a lot more uh, serenity and a lot more 
peace of mind and soul to self. Yeah, it's so interesting because I just feel like the ego is so fragile. And it's amazing that you're able to overcome seeing sometimes when the numbers might not reach what you had hoped. I still find that hard. Yeah, taking that time. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. How do we do? How do we do? Yeah. Um, it's, and, and it's natural. It's normal. Yeah. And, you know, and I want to come back for so many years, I've trained myself to think that way and yeah. to behave that way sure. that I still do that, right? When I'm yeah. not conscious, yeah. I go there and then I'm like, wait a second, I have to check in with myself. Why am I feeling this? Why do I have anxiety? Why am I feeling fearful? Right. Why am I hyped? I'm like, okay, oh, because I'm just going back to my old self. Right. Let me just breathe in, take it, and take a second, right? Just like, okay, regroup and retrain because right now, I've trained myself the way my mind works. There's certain rivers that's flown and now I'm just taking a machete and trying to go down a new path. Right. And that takes time. It takes it energy. Does. So it takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it's important to have that structure of friends, mentor, yeah. reading, you know, yeah. connecting with rabbis or different leaders that thought leaders that help yeah. you just like refocus and like, Hey, you're doing great. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Moving forward. Keep going. Um, yeah, keep going. And and take time to like cradle that little child within, you know? It's yeah. important. Like you said, the ego is so fragile. Yeah. Where in the one's life, you know, maybe perhaps you you just want to eat some some love. Yeah. Um self-love. We were talking about self-love. that. Self-love, yes, yes. <laughs> Why do you think though the self the self-love conversation is um so prevalent today? It's it's, it's in everybody's conversation, yeah. more now than ever, so to speak. I don't know. I feel like it's actually not from such a great place. I feel like we've become a lot more of a selfish society. And I think social media and Instagram, we're looking, we are looking at ourselves as we talk to everyone else. What is that? I'm talking to you now. This is a normal conversation. But when I'm talking to everyone else, I'm watching myself in a, like, you know, camera. Yes, sure, sure, sure. And like, as I'm talking to everyone, right? That's what, that's what women do at least. Right. You know, we're literally, yeah. the hair and making sure it's all good. Totally, And and so I'm just saying, we have been reflecting back on ourselves so much that I think it's like an overcompensation. I don't, I think it's almost too much in Mm -hmm. my it's very sort of an anti-societal comments. I'm getting very racist. Right <laughs> putting out there, you have an opinion, and I'm glad you're yeah. sharing it. How do you how do you find do you find a balance between you know because right. a big part of your business yeah. and what you've learned broadcasting journalism, yeah, yeah. it's and now this day it's, it's brought through social media. How do you use that as a healthy tool? And do you catch yourself perhaps overextending yourself within that sphere? All the time. I think that we're all figuring out as we go. Um, It became like share a little bit of yourself because that authenticity, that's what people are connecting to. And then it became everyone and their mother has their own reality show of themselves, their relationships, their, you know, with their kids, with their husbands and I don't think that that's particularly healthy. So it's like, how do you share just enough to let people know that you empathize with them and that you're going through something similar yeah. without like showing it all? Yeah, being authentic, all being there. real, connecting. Yeah. Um, so there is an element you would say that I don't want to put words in your mouth. That there's something precious about keeping something. I think so. You don't and have I, to show everything. No, and I think as a woman, so we have a, this mitzvah of modesty and sneas, and I think that we very much, especially with social media, have to safeguard that. Mm-hmm. And there's an element that's not saying I'm not with a paper bag over my head hiding out in a closet by any means. I'm mm-hmm. the opposite of that. Yeah. But at the same time, there has to be certain parts of your life and yourself and your thoughts and your fears and your relationships that have to still remain private. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what keeps them sacred. I think at one point when you put too much out there and that oversharing, I think it actually just takes away from the preciousness of life and what we're all trying to do here on this planet. I talk to myself sometimes. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, sometimes, all the time. I'm lying. <laughs> I talk to myself all the time. I uh, think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're never alone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, right. Making friends with myself. The... Um, um, 
That's why important to love yourself. Yeah. Back in the self love. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Do you love yourself? Uh, no, I told you. I'm a... <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. Why not? I, oh, gosh. Because um, you don't under, It's really hard to be a working mother. I can't and, imagine. Yeah. I literally can't imagine. And you will never be able to even understand it. I'm not in your shoes. There is a guilt that exists when every time a mother is away and you always wonder about like, career over kids and over relationships for men who travel they just they I, I live in israel so i go a few times a year but there's some people that are traveling weekly and they're just home for shabbos right. or it's their one week on one week off or that kind of thing they don't leave the home with the same level of guilt that a mother does wow. and i always it's- wonder about that you know now that my career is at a certain place where i almost can't stop it and my kids are at a certain place where they need me more than they ever did. It was almost easier when they were babies. Yeah. Now they were in teenagers teens. and yeah. And mm. so they need so much. And and you're traveling. So that balance, that guilt of not being there for them. Yeah. Sort of, in, in, yeah. That's mm. really hard on a mom. Do you express that to them? Um, yeah. You know, then they express it to me too. Like sometimes they say, why can't you just be a teacher? Uh-huh. You know, because then we would all be off at the same time. My busy seasons, I travel the week before Hanukkah, the week before Pesach, the week before Rosh Hashanah, you know, so... Um, but, and then now it's funny. They're so invested. They used yeah. to say things like that. And now they're just like, before I go to, they know, like when I have a big business meeting, should be with bracha, should be with that slacha, should be, you know, <laughs> they're just like so cute. So, um, yeah, I mean, we talk about it all. And obviously the hope is that it's quantity over quality. Sure. That's kind of like with everything in life. But as a mom, it's just, hmm. you just always think I need to be there. And I wasn't there at that moment, at that time, at that something I missed plays, I've missed parent-teacher conferences. You know, I get looks all the time because it's not typical, you know, that yeah. like, oh, oh, you're in country now, you know, from like one of the teachers oh, or type okay. of thing. Okay, a little snide, a little, little yeah. remark. More just like, oh, I don't know if it's snide, if they mean it like that, but like, okay. oh, nice to see you. Uh-huh. One of, I went to parent-teacher conferences last week and she literally said, thank, and I think she meant it emistic, like from a real place. Yeah. She said, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to come. I was thinking, like, this is my kid. Like, she didn't thank anyone else for, like, that with that level of emphasis for coming. And I'm like, how am I not showing up that you're so happy that I am showing up? Right, you know? right. So it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's also a lot of pressure. And, and I, 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 I hear that. I mean, yeah. I, I can never understand that from my mother's perspective. Um, and I think it also attests to show how much dedication you have to, to your, also your career and to your focus. And, Perhaps someone who's listening to like it's not an overnight success. It takes so much sacrifice to do to grow to build to start something new and fresh and to continue that. Yeah, I think I think there's two stages. It's the initial growth and then it's that continuation. I don't know which one is more intense Mm. um, because you're like feeding the beast almost, if you will. You know, and I think that from a media perspective, like we also feel that you know you're just like it's a machine that you just have to feed, feed, feed. And um, it is, it's a lot, it's a lot. And people think it's so glamorous. Yeah, Uh there's two phases to building a company and building a a successful business. One is getting it off the ground and launching it. And then the other one is sustaining it and continuing to innovate over time while sustaining and while growing and while strategizing in terms of the next step. And especially in media, it's like literally you're feeding a machine. It's like this never ending, you can't create enough content. Mm -hmm. And um, so I just think it's like, Looks glamorous, especially yeah. for, for women. So, right, we're getting our makeup done. We're doing yeah. hair. What are we wearing? What is our bling? What's our jewels? What's our, you know? And, like, people see you in front of the camera and you're, like, with lights and you're on live TV. Mm. But the bottom line, there's so much work and sacrifice behind all of that. What's one thing that 
perhaps it looks like one way on your social media and the way you're living and that it's perhaps not, not that way. Oh, well, I only go on social when I look good. Okay. Yeah, I like, I, I mean, I'm saying like, when wait, I feel, didn't we, we get up this way? Yeah, no, no. I shared with everyone that I spent an hour in hair and makeup before I came Beautiful. here. But no, when I'm like working my pajamas and yeah. like in a snood and feeling blah and like, you know, like eating tuna out of a can because I didn't have time to make lunch, oh. that does not make it to social. I hear that. I hear that. And I, some people are like, you need to show authentic and whatever. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I actually want to show a curated representation. I don't know, like... <laughs> Well, who wants to see Jamie eating a, a tuna, tuna out, of a can? out of a can with no know. makeup and like bags <laughs> down to my chin? No, thank you. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. The untold story. But now, listen, we're hearing it here. I'm assuring that. I think it's also so important. When I came out talking about depression and, and the struggles I had with that and, mm-hmm. and the challenges that through today, you know, I think that I've worked on myself. I'll continue working on myself. Yeah. And it's never, I think I never stop. I will never stop. Yeah. But when I, when I decided to do that, I thought it would also be career suicide because right. my whole brand is around positivity and happiness and such. And I also realized through just, you know, connecting with people and, and reflecting with them, realizing I was depriving people of, I was just giving an unrealistic benchmark of what someone could be as a human, which is impossible. You can right. always just be go, 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 right. on, happy, right. happy, happy. So and I, I realized through that experience that it helped me just be more authentic with myself, able to show up in life a lot right. more real right. and also allow people to um, have the feelings that they want to feel, which is, could be mixed, right? right. Human, it's, it's muddled waters. Not always is it just it's, one thing. It's not, no one. We are yeah. so complex. We're so complex. And so yeah. we're not, and no, I mean, I do show myself sometimes like literally in a scarf and like, oh my gosh, I have so much work. I'm not going to make yes. it. But I say that for stories, right? Because that goes away in 24 hours. <laughs> Just around and you're gone. <laughs> so it's like you feel like, okay, I shared a piece of myself, but right. it's not like going to live forever. Right. Even in theory, you could delete the feed also. But <laughs> the feed, I keep a little bit more of as representative of the brand. And like yeah. in stories is where you'll hear a little bit more of what you just said, where it's a little bit about like kind of what's really going on. But, um, you know, I think it's important that you shared that. I think it's so, so courageous. Mm-hmm. Oh, what like made you be able to do that? That's like, um, what was that step? I actually appreciate it. I love it. Sometimes with guests, I, I'm one always just asking. Yeah. I'm like, it's nice to receive the question. Yes. It's like, well, know, I'm interested. Get out of the, back. the podcast is a conversation, it right? Is, it's a total conversation. Yeah. Um, Not what, one way. What, what, a, um, what inspired me to go about doing yeah. the mic drop? Um, it was, I, before leading up to the mic shop, I was, it was almost a year ago, actually. So it was December of 2018. Um, so your anniversary. Yeah. Coming up on it, coming up on it. It was during that. So the summer, during that summertime and then through the holidays, I just found myself in a very sad and dark place. I wasn't, I had, um, content lined up. So I was still posting and stuff. I wasn't really engaging much with creation and I just, it was sort of blocked. I, when I found, when I found myself in these places, um, Creativity can can live in the same place of sadness and and, and like in depression. Yeah. Um. So I just and it's sort of a catch twenty two because if I'm not creating, if I'm not tapping into my passion, then it just makes me more feeling yeah. like I'm on like I'm developed. I'm not I'm not being productive, and it just continues. So you have to break that cycle. So it was just during that time, and I was like starting to go see therapists again. I was going to just reaching out to friends, like you know what. First, I wasn't reaching out to anybody. I was isolating myself, and then it came to a point where like okay, I need to reach out. So I started going to therapy. Started just reaching out to friends. And then a friend of mine reached out and she suggested about Mic Drop, which just started off at the time. And there was this guy runs a rush low and he's, he's, he has a really good knack with people. Just a really, he's just a really good person and has a really incredible ear to yeah. really hearing what someone's saying or what they're not saying. And so I did some work with him and I wrote, wrote down my story my, and developed it. 
And I wasn't planning to share it publicly. Right. But, you know, okay, one thing. I, got, yeah. I feel pretty good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I got it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, also, it just reminds yeah, just a little bit. And then I went to actually a mic drop event where I heard some people talk. Um, Fish Spiegelman, Sully Richler, and their talks are online. So, and uh, it's really incredible to see their vulnerability and to see them stepping up and seeing the power how much empower, empower them and people in the crowd, how much it moved yeah. everybody in the room. So I decided, you know what? This is something that I want to do. And I reached out to Rush and I booked a flight to Miami. The next event, I was like, when's your next event? I want to be part of it. And I flew down to Miami for that one day and I shared my story on the stage there. And uh, it was frightening. It was scary. And even afterwards, I had, um, which I hear from other people who've shared in similar circumstances, I had a uh, vulnerability hangover. Just like afterwards, like wow. it's like a week later, like, Oh my God, what did I just do? Uh-huh. And I just like, I can't believe I did that. So like, you know, that, that fear comes back. It's like, oh my gosh. And it's natural. It's normal. And um, it wasn't, it was less of a speech of like, just like spewing and just putting my garbage on the people. But I, I really wanted to focus on like, yes, this is part of my journey, but it's not where I'm at today. Or it's not something that I just wallow in. Right. It's just a place of empowerment of like, and through that, I was able to connect with much, people on a much deeper level. People sure. reached out. They shared their stories, yeah. what they're going through. And um, I, th- I, I do believe that as many people who have come over and, and expressed it, there are many people who are not in a place where they want to or right. they're going through it. And the message is you're not alone. That's yeah. about connecting and like, hey, you know, whatever you're going through at the time. And it doesn't necessarily have to be what I've gone through in very specific, in the same specific manner. Right. Uh, but Ultimately, whatever you're feeling, there's someone out there and many people out there many. who are going through that same thing. And you don't have to do it alone. Yeah. And um, I think coming from a stage and a place where a lot of things were just, you know, put on the makeup, look up, look good, yeah. put the hair up, you know, or even as a man, you know, you know, be, you're the man yeah. feeling, shut it down, put everything under the rug, don't express it. Um, I remember my first time coming out talking about depression. Um, which was like a few years ago before this match drop. And there was some resistance within my family about like, what about a shidduch? Maybe right. don't use the word depressed. Right. You know, just change the language totally. a bit. Like, they're my publicists. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't use dump. <laughs> right, don't use dump. And um, I just, it, it, it's, what's the point? You know, like, I mean, I, I, I would love to connect with somebody on a level where they know me for who I am. Yeah. You know, what's you know, what's the point of waking up a year later or even the day after the marriage, so sure. to speak? And and like, oh, by the way, this is who I am. Right. It doesn't really serve anybody that purpose and any, right. anybody good. So um it's it's a great conversation to be in. I'm so ex- I'm happy to be in the space of mindfulness and mental health. Yeah. And also still portray and still be very genuine, authentic in joy and positivity. Of and I think those two mesh. It makes things more real and more it's all interconnected. I think they do very much. And I think people that have a tremendous amount of light and energy, it's they're one side of a coin. So they very easily can go to the other side. That medium ground is not really for them, you yeah. know? And so, and I think that that is why a lot of performers and a lot of people that have that, you know, yeah, <sighs> yeah. The so they also the has the yes. other side, you know? Yeah. And when it's, oh. and when things are hard, they're very hard. You're passionately having a difficult time, you yeah, know? Correct. And right. so, and I do think, and I, that's what I was talking about that, area of modesty before and sharing, I do think it's okay to share a little bit or more, I'm saying, of what's going on. It allows you to just um, live a little bit less of what sometimes you feel like is a lie. Yes. You know? Yeah. And um, and so that's why I think you asked me a few questions, which you probably weren't expecting the answers to. Or like, every day I, I'm like, yeah. every day I feel like this. Every day <laughs> totally. this is hard. Oh my gosh. I have tremendous guilt. No, I don't always love myself. You know? And I think it's okay to say some of those yeah. things, yeah. you know? Yeah. And I, 100%. I, I, I appreciate you sharing that 
full and honesty. And I'm sure we, you know, we, we came from talking about food and, totally. and, We're in the kitchen. and interior design and like, yeah. you know, I but, love interior design. I love interior design. Oh my gosh. Do you, well, s- do you know why I love it? Why is that? Because it's so perfect. Ah. You look at the picture and everything is in its place mm. just as it should be. And my husband keeps saying to me, that's the page of a magazine. That's not life. But I'm like, but I want my kitchen to look just like that. He's like, yes, but that's in a magazine. You don't see any kids running around. You don't see guests right. running around. Like, you know, right. but there's something about it that just like relaxes me because everything is just in its place. Just in its place. Yeah. Right. But uh, <laughs> I guess it's that balance of wanting X, but then, yeah, you know, then, yeah, then and getting and a totally life, different yeah. and life comes, shows up. Yeah. Um, so, so an all white kitchen might not be a good idea. But, right. <laughs> I'm not sure yet. <laughs> the, so to pivot to, um, to, uh, back to some just some quick food questions. Sure. Do you have a favorite food? Avocado. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, tons. Avocado. Okay. Um, Favorites food then. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Avocado, um, extra virgin olive oil, kosher salt, and everything dessert. Okay. A dessert's my favorite course. Do you, is What's your favorite dish that you like to create? Uh, I love making brisket. Mm, I love okay. it. I just feel like everyone loves it. It's so comforting. It makes the house smell so good. And I feel like that. I have the mother's guilt. So yeah. I feel like this nurturing mother when I'm making brisket for the family. Okay. <laughs> Beautiful. Love it. Yeah. Um, do you have anybody in the space of food of of that you look up to, that you admire? Um, yeah, for sure. Um, I love Martha Stewart because uh-huh. I love the brand that she has created and over time and sustained mm. a lot of times, like as a celebrity, you can have your moments, right? Yes. And as you age, especially as a woman, I think that it's also, and she went to jail and came back from that. And yeah. like, then she reinvented herself with like a cooking show with Snoop Dogg on VH1. Yes. So I just love that about her. I love Rachel Ray because I think she was one of the first to be like, you can do it quick. You don't have to be growing your own herbs, oh, you know? Nice. So I nice, love nice, that because nice, nice. it just made it accessible to me. I felt like I could relate to that kind of cooking. Mm-hmm. And I love Gordon Ramsay because I love his like, just n- settles for nothing less than perfection. Ah, very So it's good. like the combo of those three. Of all those things. That's, wow, that's amazing. What does a, per- oh, before we get there, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to say it for last. Ooh. What, uh, um, with, with the, with the, this, uh, sorry. With the growth of social media and all and all that's happening today, do you feel a little threatened, fearful of now there's a lot more people out there in this space? Or are you excited about it? What are your feelings around this new this new era? So I feel like we're having this like totally honest chat. So yeah, I think it's so threatening. I think it's so fearful. I think it's over it's so many people doing so much and there's so much noise and it's so hard to break through the noise. Mm-hmm. And not only does the best content or the best creativity or the highest quality win. Sometimes something else is winning. And yeah. so, yeah, I do think it's a very hard in the space now. So what are ways for you to um, to pivot and to learn and to grow? Are, are you working on some new things? Or you, is, that, is that a conversation you're having with your team? All the time, all the time. And yeah. so first and foremost, I don't, Instagram is like not the most important platform to me. And I think that it's like, for some people, it's they live and die. And yeah, that's the platform. I think it's so important. And you're on many platforms also to diversify. Yeah. And especially because you know what's going on with algorithms, this and that. You don't own those Instagram followers. And one day you will not be able to reach them unless you pay, unless you pay a lot. Mm -hmm. And so that's why it's important to be on Facebook and to be on Instagram, even though they're both owned by the same people, but different things are happening there. And to be on YouTube and to have a website 
and to have the most valuable thing that I have is my email list. Okay. And that is the one thing that you actually own that no one can take away from you. And as long as you're producing incredible content, you're able to communicate directly to those people that have opted in to follow you and to sign up for you. So that is one of the most coveted marketing tools that we have these days and that we will continue to have and that I've always, that's gone in and out of like, sort of vogue at one point, but I just feel like I continue to nurture that list. And those are what I'll call my most hardcore, um, obsessive brand ambassadors. They're the first early adapters to every new product that I put out. That's the number one converting channel for any new business that I, yeah. that I'm selling or anything that I'm doing. So uh, to do that, to do live events, to yes. make sure we're doing crazy amounts of PR. So I love to do every podcast. Some people are like, you'll say yes to my podcast. Not you, Mayor. Of course. I'm doing <laughs> but I'm not, I appreciate you. no, but I'm saying like, you know, even small people, cause you know, and I'm like, of course, like it's just, you need to be out there in every single way, shape or form because you can't all double down on this one totally. platform that who knows what tomorrow. That's that's true. That's and now true. you want me to TikTok. And you know, I'm yeah, you gotta get on TikTok. From all your six kids, no one got you again on TikTok yet? Yeah, so, but you have to also know for what your company is and what your yes. brand is and what it is you're selling, which platforms make sense. Mm-hmm. Like Pinterest makes sense for us. We're on it and we're very successful there. Twitter does not. So TikTok doesn't really make sense for us. I can get how certain people with a different business model, different demographic, a different goal. But right now, the demographic on there is not my customer right now. Yes. So, yeah. You may, you may be able to argue that like right now, the algorithm is so strong. It's like what well, Instagram or Facebook was five years ago. Yeah. Maybe build that, you know, right. build it now. So then later on, people will transfer if they ever transfer. Right, right, but- right, right. Just thoughts. Just you thoughts. know, I can see yeah. you in the kitchen deep having thoughts. some fun with me. Deep thoughts, yeah. yeah. Deep yeah. thoughts on TikTok. I don't think <laughs> possibly. And to end it all off, Jamie, what's a great day for you? What's that look like? Okay, a great day is Shabbos morning because um, it's a hard Friday night to still disconnect. Like you're still carrying some of that, right? Because your day started like it is a normal day. Mm -hmm. So by Saturday morning, by Shabbos morning, I feel like I'm totally disconnected from the daily life. And I have a chance to be with my family with zero distractions. Mm -hmm. And as that guilty mom thing, it's so important to me. I actually, now my kids are old enough that I actually go to synagogue. It's crazy. I think I went... I don't know if I went my whole life to synagogue. Now I'm like, I like going, you know, mm. to shul and um, and the meals that just stretch on forever. And there's like nowhere to go and nowhere to be, yeah. you know, and no one's in a rush. Mm. And so I, that's my, that's a great day. And then probably then Mote Shabbos, right, which is Saturday night, it not turning on my phone. If I can manage that till Sunday morning, then that was a great day. I love that. That's beautiful. Jamie, I can't thank you enough for being on the podcast and for sharing so much of you and, and with, with me and with, and with the listeners. Thank you and wishing much, much haslacha and success in everything that you're doing. I mean, I mean, I mean, the same thank to you. you. This was like the best podcast ever. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank it you. was so, I just feel like I should pay you for this. It's incredible. Hey, you know what? <laughs> keep on, keep on keeping on. I'd love to have you again and, you know, can't I'm, wait. I'll be watching you. Okay, you too. See ya. Thank you so much for listening, friends. And a big shout out to Jamie Geller for coming through and sharing her story and all her wisdom and insights. And friends, don't forget, if you haven't yet, subscribe to the Great Day Podcast with Mayor Kay. It goes a long, long way. Give it a five-star rating if you think so. Leave a comment. Love to hear from you. And be sure to tune in. Mondays is the day when I drop the new podcast episodes. No better way to start off your week than listen to a great day podcast with Mayor Kay. Until then, wishing you a fantastic and great day ahead. All the best. Stay positive, be happy. I'm Mayor Kay, and have a great day.